Right now, let's talk movies. Sam Hollis joins us in the Wellington studio, one of our uh, beloved producers here on RNZ Afternoons. Hi, Sam. Kia ora. Beloved, really, you reckon? Well, Sam, also a massive comedy fan. Did you book your uh, Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld ticket, Sam? <laughs> not yet, not yet, but we'll get there. Have you got yours? I went to, and then I just blanched the price. And then when I got to the part where you've got to actually pay for it, and they added the booking fees and the uh, administration fees and stuff, I bailed. Because uh, I was going to say, feel free to throw on a plus one, but um, <laughs> yeah, uh, perhaps not. You might have called my bluff already. I actually I took my wife last time, and she's not the sort of person who generally wants to sit through a night of comedy, but she loved it. I've seen him twice before, so I don't need to see him a third time. He's a hero of mine, though. Um, well, you're a movie guy, and you've been to two movies this week, and one you enjoyed and one you didn't. So should we do the one you enjoyed first, Sanctuary? <laughs> yeah, sure. I thought I'd just leave that in your hands. Yeah. So the one I enjoyed, I, I sort of, uh, it wasn't planned, but I've ended up with two very spicy uh, kind of erotic thrillers to talk about today. Um, so <laughs> apologies in advance to everybody if that isn't your thing. Well, but it's this- been a while since we had a, um, a Good sort of handful of erotic thrillers. Yeah, Remember the nineties, the Basic Instinct, and the Sliver, and the Fatal Attraction used yeah. to be quite a stock standard uh, studio offering. Yeah, the the Last Seduction and David Cronenberg's films. I, I know it. It does seem like they're making sort of a comeback. But you're right. The the nineties was kind of a, a golden age for that sort of thing. So I'm glad we are getting some of these. Um, and like you said, one I really enjoyed and one I didn't. So you wanted to start with the positive. I think so, yeah. Cool. So, well, um, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cool. So we've got uh, Sanctuary to start with. So this is a psychological erotic thriller played in the film festival earlier in the year, but it has just come out on demand, so you'll find it on Google Play and Apple+. Plus. Um, this is a very confined film. It only stars two actors. So you've got Margaret Qualley, uh, who is a really hot commodity at the moment. Uh, she's probably best known for uh, appearing in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Quentin Tarantino's film. Mm. Uh, and it also stars Christopher Abbott who's another sort of young indie darling at the moment he really caught my attention last year in a couple of films uh, The Forgiven and On the Count of Three Uh, but here he plays Hal who is uh, a young man who's just about to take over as CEO of a major major hotel chain following his father's death so seeing as his life is about to head into a much more serious and uh, public direction he decides to have one last meeting with uh, Rebecca played by Margaret Qualley who is his dominatrix. Uh, so the entire film is set in this luxury hotel room where he's invited her to kind of hash things out and essentially uh, cut her out of his life. But she, on the other hand, is not ready to call it a day on their arrangements. And so a psychological uh, battle of wits and mind <laughs> games begin. Um, so yeah, as I've described it there, this is basically 90 minutes of pure psychological warfare. Um, on, on the surface, it really focuses on the, the dynamics between these two characters uh, always trying to outsmart each other and tip the power balance in their mm. favour but on a deeper level than that I thought it's really about manipulation and control uh, you know control in relationships control in your professional life control in what remains private and what goes public so um, you know I, I think that it's really it's trying to balance that tone really nicely and Zachary Wiggin the director does a really really remarkable job of it because um, it is quite an intense and often frightening film, but it's also really funny. There's some black comic uh, elements in there, and it still never really feels like it's taking itself too seriously. Um, and and a big part of that 
comes from the fact that we're focused entirely on these two characters. Uh, one, a hired dominatrix, and one, an insecure, uh, soon-to-be CEO on an intense power trip. Um, and each of them sort of needs the other person for, <laughs> for specific reasons that I won't go into, but they're really reliant on each other, and neither one can seem to, to fully let go. So it's the, it's the back-and-forth kind of cat-and-mouse game uh, between these two that, that really makes the film. And obviously with the dynamic of her being a dominatrix, and there's kind of a, a role-playing element to their relationship. You're never quite sure who's being honest and who's just playing a role, um, who's uh, being serious and who's just trying to be intimidating. Um, so I liked that kind of, uh, you know, you're never quite sure where the characters are coming from, and I just love the dynamic between them. Um, so so clearly I love this. Um, it's for sure going to land in my top ten of the year, I think. Um, but I am well aware it won't be for everyone. It's uh, quite violent in moments, obviously some quite... Uh, explicit sexual content too so I would say basically it's R16 for a reason so do be warned Um, but if you're into thrillers I think this is without a doubt one of the year's best Great review. Okay, a couple of things. First of all, you've done very well not to mention Margaret Qualley's uh, famous family. Yes, yes. So yes, her mother is babies. Yeah, her mother is Andy McDowell. Correct. Beloved rom-com star of uh, my sort of teenage twenties um, years, and she's married to Jack Antonoff as well. Oh yes, true. I, yeah. I didn't actually know that. There you go. Um, also, uh, because I love to put you on the spot, can you think of? <laughs> Any other movies that only have two characters in them? Ooh. Oh, God. You're really putting me on the spot. They're yeah. not, they're not co- I'm, sure, I'm sure as soon as this is over, I'll think of a million of them. But yeah. <laughs> have you got something in mind? I do not. Let me put it out to our uh, listeners, though. It might be an interesting list. I don't know if it's ever been done before. Um, but 2101 is the text number. There's lots of film nerds listening. Um, so, yeah, I look forward to hearing from you. What about just one, just one actor? Uh, well, I mean, there, there was one a few years yeah, ago that cast got a lot of praise. Uh, Locke, did you hear about that with Tom Hardy, where he's no. in a car? It's just him in a car making phone really? calls the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't love it, but a lot of people were quite taken with that movie. Okay, That's the only work. one that springs to mind. Good work. You get the points. You there proceed to the next round. Uh, tell us about Saltburn. Oh, so that was Sanctuary, by the way, the one that uh, Sam enjoyed, and he wasn't so keen on Saltburn. Yes, uh, unfortunately not. So this is a new film from uh, Emerald Fennell. Uh, she wrote and directed this. Um, she got a lot, of t- lot of attention a few years back for Promising Young Woman, um, which starred Carrie Mulligan. Yes, and, and, I remember. Yeah, got a lot of attention on the awards uh, circuit. Um, so this is in cinemas now. It stars Barry Keoghan as Oliver. Um, Oliver is a social outcast. He comes from an impoverished family um, and he goes to university at Oxford and has a pretty lonesome existence there until he befriends uh, Felix who is basically the popular rich kid around the campus uh, played by Jacob Elordi um, so rather than make uh, Oliver go home to his family over summer Felix invites him to stay at his family's lavish estate uh, titled Saltburn where hmm. he meets his parents played by Rosamund Pike and Richard E. Grant along with uh, a slew of other characters that is such a trope, eh? That is such a trope, the idea of this kind of like out of place yeah. kids going to university then falling in with a super posh family. I'm yeah, about, I, like, I sort of feel like this is the second or third time we've discussed a film that has this let sort me guess, of... Let me guess, he hooks up with the mum. <laughs> 
<laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. Okay. All right. But um, let me tell you, if that does happen, it is far from the weirdest thing that happens in this movie. Um, <laughs> so I was look, thinking I was, of, there was a famous 80s movie called Class, which was uh, Rob Lowe and maybe mm. Andrew. Anyway, some people might remember that one. Go ahead, Sam, please. Yeah, yeah, all good. I mean, so look, I was going into this with high hopes. I wasn't the biggest fan of Promising Young Woman, but I think it did show a lot of uh, potential, particularly in uh, Emerald Fennell's writing style. I think she's a really, really talented mm. writer. Um, and I, But I think um, the, the sum of the parts in that film were quite messy, and I think that is unfortunately even more so the case with Saltburn. It's just trying to be so many things at once. So on one hand, it's a, a twisty, turny thriller with a big complex plot and uh, lots of shock value thrown in. It's also trying to be a satire of class disparity and privilege. Um, it's also playing with uh, queer themes and homoeroticism. It's also a black comedy. It's also a drama. It's just all these things at once. And that would be fine if they all came together harmoniously, but the tone just ends up feeling all over the place. And it feels like it's struggling to split its time between all these different things it's trying to achieve. So none of it really ends up paying off in a satisfying way. Um, so that was sort of uh, the one issue I had with it, that it just didn't really feel like it knew what it was trying to be. And then the other issue I had uh, was in some of the visual choices. And like I said, I think Emerald Fennell is clearly a really talented writer, but I think she leaves a little bit to be desired from a directorial standpoint. Um, like, for example, th this film is shot in a square 4 by 3 aspect ratio rather mm -hmm. than in widescreen. And that doesn't there doesn't seem to be any reason for that other than oh it looks kind of artsy um yeah. and you know there's some interesting lighting choices as well she plays with shadows and color a bit but again it feels like the only justification for this really is oh that looks cool yeah. um so i don't know i mean i think the thing this movie does really have going for it is the cast obviously i named a few there um who are excellent and and across the board they really all deliver um i think barry keoghan is one of the most exciting actors in the world right now people We'll probably know him from uh, the Banshees of Minasheran, which he was Oscar nominated for. Um, he's done a lot of really fantastic, uh, strange indie films like um, Killing of a Sacred Deer, and he always commits a hundred percent, no matter how nutty these movies get. And this is a great example of that because he just plays crazy so well um, and in such a nuanced way. So he balances sort of real vulnerable weakness uh, with strength and aggression and I just always find him super compelling to watch and um, uh, Rosamund Pike is also another really great standout she's just one of those actors who just carries quality around in her pocket I always love watching her so look there are aspects of this movie that I enjoyed um, and I thought that the you know the story the plot itself was compelling and interesting but the storytelling uh, tropes it uses the character arcs were just really really messy like i said tonally it's all over the place um I, and i think it's just the more i think about this uh the more empty it feels which is a tough pill to swallow i think with films like this that clearly think they are way deeper than they are um <laughs> so um i'm still holding out hope that um i i think really do think one day emerald finale is gonna give me a movie that i really really love um but i'm still waiting for that to happen this this just wasn't it unfortunately Thank you. Uh, loads and loads of texts for films with two characters. Can I? Not all of these yeah. are true because Nikki says lost in translation, but that's not true. There's loads of um, there's no. two main characters in there. Gravity. 
Uh, gravity. Yeah, there's a there is a third character right at the start of the film, but they they float off into space pretty quickly. So I'll I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> Before Sunrise had other people in the background, though. Yeah, I, I guess, it, I guess it depends if you're counting yeah, background no, you characters. Can, there can only be two human beings visible through the whole movie for this um, this question that I've just invented. Um, Pip says Lawrence Olivier and Michael Caine were in one called Sleuth. Oh, okay. Um, Haven't seen but it. The, but the most common suggestion is My Dinner with Andre. Oh, yes. Very good call. So, yeah. If, if you'd given me another couple minutes, I would have got there. Um, Quiet Earth had more than that uh, and Robert Redford played a shipwrecked sailor in the film All Is Lost apparently oh, great, thank you listeners great to chat to you, thank you Sam thank you Sam Hollis, our movie reviewer